prediction about Halloween. Just like Halloween in general. Halloween in general. Or Halloween 2019. Just in general. Oh, no. Because, like, Halloween is starting to become like Christmas. Everyone's really getting into it. Okay. Everyone fucking loves Halloween. Everyone goes balls to the wall with Halloween. Yeah. Craft stores lose their fucking minds with decorations and all this shit. I'm waiting waiting for the bad part of this. It's going to get to Christmas levels and I'm going to fucking hate it. Yeah. Eventually I'm going to resent Halloween like I resent Christmas. Well, you know what the problem is? Is that it's it's getting too cheesy kitty campy. Yeah. Everything's hocus pocus. Fuck hocus pocus. And nightmare pocus. before Christmas. Fuck nightmare before Christmas. It's getting Disney. That's what it is. It's getting Disneyfied. Yeah. It's it like is. when Disney bought everything that ever existed, and you they're like, "Oh, pew pew pew." Here, you're gonna get exhausted with this now. You know what? The pagans had their solstice mm-hmm. holidays, and then the Christians came and took it away, and now sixteen-year-olds in sexy costumes are coming to take it away also disney and also disney disney's like yo can disney, we make money on disney's this coming to take halloween away you know what that's not the most inaccurate hot take i've ever heard honestly I th- it's a prediction i think that that's what's going to happen within the next five years oh that sucks yeah but what's weird is i feel like the halloween decorations have been really sparse this year i have yeah. or maybe it's just that i'm not seeing anything that i like because i like more of the stuff that's fortune telling and skeletons and crows stuff i can leave up all year honestly and and just integrate it into my normal home decor most of my halloween decorations are things that i could 100 percent just leave that shit up all the time and people like this is just a home she's a little goth (laughs) but it's just a home she's a bit it's a weird home but it's but it makes sense like you can't leave hocus pocus shit up all year round without somebody be like your girl really likes hocus pocus though yeah i'm not going to leave little jack-o'-lantern ceramic candle holders up all year yeah like goofy faced pumpkins and like silly ghosts yeah i have a couple pumpkins that are just like classy i think they're classy pumpkins i like classy pumpkins tj maxx has a lot of classy pumpkins Mm, this year they do and they're very very pretty and i kind of want to buy them all but i'm gonna break them all and i have nowhere to put them and you know what i'm not going to buy a even if it is fifteen dollars, I'm not gonna buy a throw blanket of the peanuts dressed as Halloween characters because I'm an adult. Yes. <laughs> and sort I'm of. not super and I'm not that into the peanuts. I like Snoopy yeah. at all, but I Charlie Brown is the fucking worst. I don't recall ever f- watching the Great Pumpkin. What is what is it? It's the Great Pumpkin, the Charlie great, Brown. Yeah. yeah. It's a great it is the Great Pumpkin, it is Charlie the great Brown. Char- Char- but I- Charlie Brown. <laughs> Fuck you. But yeah, I don't recall ever watching that all the way through. And I have never seen Hocus Pocus. I never want to see Hocus Pocus. Hocus, I will Hocus Pocus it right up your ass. She will, though. I've seen her do it. Yeah, I will. It's rough. You see, I I liked Hocus Pocus when I was a kid. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is when you see it when you're younger, like when it came out, you're like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. But it's not a hill I'm going to die on for Halloween. No. But wow, is everyone else going (laughs) to? Well, they can take that. Take it for me. I don't yeah. want to deal with it. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it a little classier this Halloween. A little bit more like just like subtle goth shit. I'm reading H.P. Lovecraft for the first time. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm trying to class it up. I'm having an adult Halloween this year. <laughs> so there's that. A respectful goth Halloween. Yeah. Which is how that's Halloween what, should be. That's what I strive for every day of my life. Respectful goth Halloween. Yeah. It's going to be a little- Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> we we have hot takes on Halloween. Halloween All the time. hot takes. I mean, like, it's our holiday. Yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. And also, we are your weekly podcast, bringing you sweet treats from the world of music every week. That's what we do. We're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And we're spooping it up one more time. Ooh. Trying to just squeeze that last little ounce of spoop out of this month. We're wringing that Halloween towel just out of every single drop of spoop we can possibly just like disney does just like disney but like respectfully goth yeah yeah we're gonna make it a (laughs) lot more classy yeah that's what we do here and this week we are bringing you guys once again another halloween playlist it's amazing how many halloween appropriate songs there are out there i have a seven hour and 30 minute halloween playlist you do and i have the classics i've got something you're like "Hmm, wouldn't have thought of that one 
Or, I've never heard that. Or, I will only listen to this around Halloween, and after that, we are fucking done. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Eventually, people are going to start releasing a lot more Halloween songs like they do with Christmas, and that is a hill I am not dying on. All right. I mean, that's fair. Not going to do it. I am going to George <laughs> W. Bush it all the way, and I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. <laughs> Right, you, heard it, you heard it here first, folks. She's not going to do not it. Not going to do it. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think some of my picks are, I mean, one is like off of a Halloween album. And like, yeah. I think some of them are Halloween just kind of all the time. And a good chunk of them have the word Halloween in them. So it's fine. Right. But I mean, I think you can do it. There's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. If you do it for Disney, it's the wrong way to do it. Yeah, that's always Basically. the wrong way to do it. If you sound like Kids Bop, that's <laughs> the wrong way wrong. to do it, Weezer. Yeah. They didn't put out a Halloween album. We're just still really stuck it is on still, that fucking album. The Teal album is still really scary, though. <laughs> it's very scary. <laughs> I think it's more anger-inducing, but I'll, I'll take it. Either way. Terrifying. I'm I'm a little scared. Not as scared as I am when I drink our beer. Yeah, uh, I'm really was, bad at segues, bad. guys. I, you know this. At this point, if you don't realize how <laughs> terrible I am at segues, then you have. This then must I'm, be I your first know. time listening. <laughs> Hello, welcome. <laughs> but yeah, I want. I did want to talk about our beer. It's actually really fucking good. It's delightful. I'm glad I spent twenty two dollars on it. Oh, that's way too much money for beer. <laughs> but it was worth it. Uh, yes, we are drinking. Bring out your dead. An imperial stout aged in cognac barrels. And you can sure taste the cognac. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's from Bellwoods Bowie. <laughs> in Toronto. Booted, bottled in Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. Toronto, Canada, just in case you didn't understand our weird Barbara Walters voices. It's fine. I thought that was Elmer Fudd. It can be both. Honestly? She gets, she gets kind of Elmer Fudd sometimes, though. She does. And it's um, it's a strong one. It's 114 ABV, not bad. But it's good. Aged, it's, aged for 12 months in them barrels. It's delicious and it's different, and I like that. Yeah, and it's definitely strong, but it's... You know what's nice about it? It's strong in the way that makes you sip it slow. Instead of getting Chug sick. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, with, like, anything that's, like, 8%, I'll still probably drink it way too fast. But this, I'm like, oh, no, I need to pump the brakes, take my time. And enjoy it. Yeah. Very good nice. job, guys. Yeah. Kudos, kudos to you. So if you see it, even though it is expendy, it's worth the it's worth the money. It's worth it. It's a high class kind of beer. It is. We are we are keeping it classy this week. And uh no we're not. We're gonna start getting into our songs and and it's not gonna be classy anymore. <laughs> it's never classy. No, it's not. It's really not. And uh we think we took uh interesting we took different takes on our list Which I, I think we usually do anyway. We do. I mean so we we're covering the gamut. Like I tried to pick songs that I think people haven't really heard yeah, and don't really know. So you can hear it and say, I didn't know that. That would be perfect for my Halloween playlist. Yeah. And mine are pretty much all fairly upbeat and fun. And I think I chose ones that were more for context rather than how they sounded. Right. Because most of mine have a true crime bent to them. Yeah. Which is fun. Which I kind of like and helps me write my notes better. I mean, you did write much better notes than I did, so... I wrote more notes than you, not necessarily better notes than you. Fair. I Some of mine, I was like, I have nothing to talk about. It's just a good song for Halloween. Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah. So, anyway. shall we get into it? Let's get into it! All right. I'm going to go first. She's going first. And my first song is called Shan Kill Butchers by The Decemberists. But something went horribly askew. Now killing is our only source of joy is everybody knows if you don't mind your mother's words the wicked wind will blow your reverence from your this is a real December song it's it's like the epitome of a de- Decemberist song. If you want to know what the Decemberists are, that's it. <laughs> you got it. Um, so I know it's kind of a slow start, but... Sometimes you got to start it slow, though. But this is one of those songs that is, like, super context-y. Super. I mean, I could, yeah. 
There's something going on here. There's there's a story going on here, and let me tell you what it is. So the Shankill Butchers were a real group of serial killers and members of the Ulster Volunteer Force, or the UVF, the Protestant loyalist group that ruled over Northern Ireland during the Troubles. Whoa. The gang was active between 1975 and 1982, which is weirdly recent. Yeah, like... Listening to the song, I was like, what is this, like, 1700s? Yeah, you would but think. But also, again, the Decemberists. And also Northern Ireland during the Troubles. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you never know what you're going <laughs> to Yep, that's fair. And in that short amount of time, they managed to kidnap, torture, and brutally murder between 19 and 23 people. What? What the Shankill butchers did to their victims was nothing short of shocking. Being loyal Protestants, they had an extreme hatred towards Catholics. Oh, you don't say. That's, 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 is that what the troubles were about? Maybe? I don't know. Maybe? Yeah. A little bit. Probably. A little bit. A little bit. Protestants and Catholics aren't friends. No. That's the moral of the story oh, here. Oh, no. Oh, no. They would attack and abduct suspected Catholics, drag them back to the relative safety of Shankill Road, where the butchers resided, and then proceed to horrifically torture their victims. One had a beer bottle shoved into his head, and one was even strung up by his feet and skinned alive. They would then slit their victims' throats with butcher knives and cleavers one of the gang members stole from his former job at a slaughterhouse, to a point where they would, like, almost decapitate them. What the actual fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah, they were fucking garbage. Holy shit. The butchers didn't just kill Catholics, though. Since they never bothered to definitively check if their victims were truly Catholic or not, they would sometimes accidentally pick off Protestants. Also, being violent assholes by nature, they were prone to internal fighting, which almost always led to someone getting gunned down within their own ranks. This is a hot fucking mess. Yeah. This is gross and a hot fucking mess. I mean, the troubles were kind of a hot fucking mess, too. Fair enough. enough. So it only kind of made sense that it would breed something like this. The weird thing to me, though, is that they weren't... They were operating in Belfast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, in the city of Belfast. I can see that. And it just reads more like... More like what? Who the who? Who the fuck's the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, I forgot their name. It, but yes, I know who you're talking about. It like it reads to me that kind of family, that kind mm. of group that would be in a rural area. Everybody knows about them. Nobody talks about it. They're just right. kind of like just the, leave you, them you alone. Stop at the gas station. People are like you just you just stay right clear away from that house. You just keep on going down that road there. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't look behind. <laughs> Except Irish accents. Only look ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, like that, but with Irish accents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Decemberist songwriter and lead vocalist Colin Malloy said he was inspired to write the song because of a Van Morrison biography in which the author talked about the Troubles and the Shankill Butchers. I don't really know why he was talking about that that's... in a Van Morrison okay. biography, but sure, I, I'm i sure that there were events that led to that in the book. <laughs> He also found out that apparently Irish parents use the Shankill butchers as kind of like a cautionary tale. Yeah. As that's... in, if you don't eat your vegetables, the Shankill butchers are going to get you. Like in that kind of way, like a boogeyman kind of myth. You know, when I wouldn't eat my vegetables, because my dad would go to South Korea all the time because he was in the Navy. Uh-huh. And he would be like, there are kids in like North Korea and China that'll chop your hands off for that food, so you should eat it. The child will I just I'm just picturing tiny, like chubby Little North children. Korean children yeah. running around with cleavers just hacking people's hands oh, you're off. You're not gonna eat that fuck you. And I'm gonna eat Give like, me that broccoli. Yeah, it's yeah. That's parents so... <laughs> Irish parents say weird shit to their kids to yeah. get them to eat vegetables. And almost always involves some kind of weird murderer coming to get you if you don't eat your beans or something. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Now that I think about that, it's kind of weird. Really fucked up, parents. <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. No, that that'll mentally fuck up your kid for a long time. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> that's not great. Yeah. But in this song, instead of telling you know this in a matter of fact adult kind of way, he turned it into more of a fairy tale. So it's the way the lyrics are. It's more like. It's more like mind your mother mother's words. Right, right. Because the Shankill butchers are going to get you. Yeah. So he kind of turned this horrific serial killer gang into a fairy tale. Jesus. And you know, it's songs like this and just in general that I always forget how 
religious Ireland still is. Oh, yeah. They're still very much, especially Northern, very much like married to these religious ideas, these very Christian ideas. Yeah. And very much, like, because that's not that long ago, the 70s and 80s. Not that long ago. Yeah, 75 was 40 years ago, 40-something years ago. Something like that. But yeah, that's bananas. Okay. Yeah, and um, I believe only two of the gang members actually got time for doing all of this. I'm sure. Yeah, because, you know, killing Catholics, doing God's work. I I guess. Jeez Louise. All right. Well, that was a... That was a real banger to start up on, wasn't it? Hey, it's Halloween. It is Halloween. This is, this is when I can talk about fucked up shit, and it's like, no, this is appropriate. Well, now it's like, I'm going to go to mine and be like, this is just <laughs> this a is jam. Just a this is just a jam, guys. I don't have any scary, upsetting things I, behind this. I went dark. I'm sorry. I went dark. You know what? It's fine. Somebody's got to. And you're willing to take that bullet for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> so my first choice. Oh, but this playlist. is a good, this is a really good one, though. This is one I like, too. Yeah. So. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> uh, my first choice is a song by Dance with the Dead called Her Ghost. I love how every song of theirs sounds like it belongs in an '80s horror movie. Right, which that's I'm why I love it. Is there is what that's they're going their deal? For. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, like that <laughs> definitely could be in a John Carpenter film. Yes, easily. Yes, that should be in the remake of Halloween. Yes, but it's not. And John Carpenter uh, wrote the music for all of his movies. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yep, I think at least definitely Halloween and the Thing. Oh yeah, I don't know. After that. I think he did a bunch of others, too. I'm sure. I have no doubt. He is an amazing composer. So yes. good for you, John Carpenter. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> if you've been a listener of this show for a while, then you'll know I'm really into electronica. And Synthwave is a kind of newer musical love affair of mine. Mm-hmm. Dance with the Dead is a well-known band in the synth world, but I would argue that doesn't really mean much to most people. <laughs> Because nobody else really listens to synthwave. It's definitely a subgenre of a subgenre. Yeah. It consists of two guys, Tony and Justin, who both came from different metal bands and ended up together making this sub-sub-subgenre of metal meets electronica, just total wacky band. Wacky? They're not wacky. They're not wacky at all. They're very nice guys. Oh my god, they're super <laughs> nice. We actually did see them when we saw Devin Townsend. Yes. Back in May? No. It was May. Wow. Really? Yeah. All right. A while ago. And yeah, we met them. They are super nice guys, really talented. The show was super energetic, too. Well, they were super energetic. We were super energetic. Children love to be on their phones, though, in concerts. And I don't understand. Yeah. You're at a concert. Get excited. And they fucking were on their phones sitting on the floor. In the front of the audience. I fucking can't. I really wanted to just kick the phones right out of their hands and just scream at them to pay attention. That's the real terror. Yeah. Is us being really mad at kids on their phones sitting on the floor during a really good band. Yeah. (sighs) It's annoying. Anyway. (laughs) Like, this shit bops. This is really fun. They go a bit more towards, like, a horror wave sound, which is another sub-sub-sub-genre of synth wave. It drives a lot faster and heavier than just usual straight-up synthwave. Usual straight-up synthwave has the 80s sound, but it's kind of like like a like a John Hughes movie. You know, like, oh yeah. man, 80s are great. Yeah. Everything's cool, smooth saxophone solo. And I mean, overall, this music is really good to drive to. Like Dance with the Dead, great It's band good to night drive driving to. music. Ooh. Very good night driving music. And you got to like music. get yourself that second wind while you're driving. Yeah. Pop on some Dance with the Dead. They create their own beats and then they play sweet pounding guitars over it. And again, it has that 80s horror total sound to it. But you can dance to it. It's got a beat. You can dance to it. Yeah. Her Ghost is off their fifth album. Yes, fifth album. They've had a lot. 
They've been around for a while, guys. Yeah. You should know who the fuck they are. Yeah, Synthwave is a thing. <laughs> but the album's called The Shape. And honestly, their entire discography makes for great Halloween listening. I picked this one because I felt like it was kind of particularly spoopy. Has like some extra little kind of coral ooze and mm-hmm. just like some real good 80s synth. Their newest album is uh, perfect yeah. to play for Halloween. And perfect to just fucking listen to. Yeah. It's, uh, that's probably my favorite of theirs so far. Yeah, but it's, I'd go with that it's too. It's super good. Uh, yeah, you just can't go wrong with tossing them on and just letting the shuffle do its job. Yeah. they like If you have a Halloween party, you're like, I don't know what to do. Because you want people to be excited and energetic, but you also don't want to like distract everybody. Mm-hmm. This is perfect yeah. for that. And yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. will inevitably just start putting out the pointer fingers and dancing around. <laughs> and it's going to be me. And her name is Maggie. It's me. <laughs> I'm doing it. But also, they're doing pretty good for themselves, too. They just went on tour with Dragon Force. Fucking Dragon Force. God, I would have seen that show in a heartbeat. It was only West Coast, and I'm very upset about that. <sighs> Sad panda. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. So that was my first pick. Keeping it spoopy with somebody who's always spoopy. Me? Well, no. I mean, Dance with Dance with the Dead oh, is okay. always spoopy. Oh, okay. It's like, wait, what? I mean, you're kind of always spoopy, too, though. <laughs> but I think my next one follows that very well. This is Every Day is Halloween by Ministry. That's fair. song might be a goth night staple but it would appear that ministry's al jorgensen might not be too fond of it wait like this song or yeah. the band of this song oh and the album that it's on because this this was early in ministry's uh career hmm. so he didn't perform it on stage for over 30 years what Somebody only, fucking hates this song. Yeah. Only buzzing it out again last year at a show in L.A. where he was joined by Dave Navarro for some reason. I'm, I guess I'm... That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. After this song was released, Al took his band in a very different direction, abandoning New Wave for industrial metal, which is oh. why he stopped playing these songs. But I really like their new wave sound. Yeah, it was, it was good. But That's I good mean, new wave. Their industrial metal stuff is good too. All right. But yeah, eventually- I don't listen to enough Ministry to have a strong opinion about yeah, this. Yeah, but but eventually they became hugely influential in industrial. Also, of course. But this song is a classic and perfectly describes how being an over-the-top goth kid can be exhausting sometimes. You know what? It's expensive. It's expensive. It is a lot of work. And like the lyrics talk (laughs) about Um, in the lyrics he talks about how people stop him and tell him he looks so ridiculous and obscene. Oh. And you know, how can he dress this way? And he's like, just stop. It's just what I do. But maybe he didn't play it for over three decades because he was embarrassed by his obviously fake English accent he attempted to use in it. Wait a minute. He's not? No, he's American. Oh. He is American oh. and he has a very fake English accent. Oh, that is rough. <laughs> what? Yeah. But also that's kind of cute. Yeah. He's trying I, real hard. He definitely sounds like the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> Yes, he does. But like the goth shop boys. Yeah. Why are they the pet shop boys? I don't know. Maybe they met at a pet shop. <laughs> Maybe they bonded over their con- like cute little Googling over a puppy or something. I don't Maybe? know. But yeah, wow. Um, Huh. But is that whole album that this is from like their new wavy kind of sound? Yeah. Kind of like this? Yeah. And then after this, they were like... After this, they were like, no... I Your like British industrial metal real though. Bad, dude. <laughs> it's it was the accent. Maybe they realized that the English accent couldn't hack it for a, it for a goth band, and they were trying way too hard to be like Susie and the Banshees. Yeah, but the not even in the best way. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't put them on the same level as Susie and the Banshees and the Cure. I think they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. But I think it's got a beat and you can dance to it. But I don't 
I wouldn't put them very deep. No, especially because their new wave career, I don't think, lasted very long. Yeah, so. that's fair. All right. Well, I mean, still, that's a really good Halloween song. Even, like, from, like, just the instrumental itself to the content of the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. It's about good. a goth kid complaining about being a goth kid. Which How I much mean, more Halloween can you get? Honestly, we we were pretty uh, we were pretty whiny when we were kids. Oh yeah, in goth. I remember. <laughs> I do remember one time going to the mall with a friend of mine, and I was like a sophomore in college, I think, Aww. and I was you know, dressed like half emo, half hardcore, half goth. Were you just a scene kid, kinda. I had a slight swoop to my bangs. Nice. A little bit. Um, but we were in the mall one day and, you know, I have a wallet chain and like Converse and like oh, yeah. all that shit. And this guy comes up to us and he's like, what did he say? Are you or no. He goes, are you what they call goth? Okay. <laughs> and we were like, uh, no, I don't think so. And he's like. Well, my daughter, she wants to be goth, and I don't know if I should let her do it. And we're like, just let her do it. Just let, just let her, she's her do, it. do it. No matter you give her permission or not, it, you... it's fine. Honestly, the goth kids are your least least of your problems. Are you what they call goth? Like, <laughs> sir, what are you doing at a mall? <laughs> sir, please leave. Go home. Why are you asking teenagers for advice? Yeah. <laughs> On is... how to raise your like twelve year old daughter who wants to be goth. Let her be goth. Just let her be goth. It's it's fine, it's dude. It's fine. It's just black clothing. It's, yeah. It's fine. I mean, really, she's going to regret it after a little bit. All that eyeliner gets in your eye after a while. But then she's going to come back to it in her mid-30s, and it'll oh, be yeah. fine. Yeah. Better than ever, guys. Better than ever. Better than ever. Because now you kind of have money for it. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I'm not going goth. I am actually going pretty pop with my next pick. This is from a newer artist named Kim Petras, and it's called Turn Off the Light, featuring Elvira. Will you find your true self? Howl at the moon. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't with this song. I know. This is not an Ashley song. This is a Maggie song. Oh, I cannot with this song. But also, your laughter <laughs> just brings children all the joy. <laughs> or chills. Yeah, it's mostly the chills. It's the chills. Children are terrified of you. It's fine. <laughs> As they should be. As they should be. But, I mean, honestly, I would actually want to do an episode, maybe a mini-sode on Kim Petras, because she has a really interesting story. Hmm. And just really quick, she's originally from Germany, and she had male-to-female gender reassignment surgery at age 16, and it was a huge controversy. There's, oh. like, documentaries about it and stuff. I mean, stuff. yeah. Yeah. I can see it being a controversy in Oh, Europe. yeah. And, like, everywhere. <laughs> Well, how old is she now? 27? So it was only like 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but still, like, it was... She, she was born in 92, so she's young-ish, but, yeah, she's she's pretty interesting. Like Mid-20s. She's got a couple things in her biography that I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Oh. That's what I looked like when I was reading her Wikipedia. <laughs> hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> But I'm I'm into her music. This is kind of a long... Yeah, this is where I go. This is your music. wheelhouse. This is in my wheelhouse. Her sound is really reminiscent of early Kesha with a little bit of some Charlie XCX mixed in. It's like really poppy, but not bubblegum pop. It's got kind of a... It's edgy it's, pop. It's got a gruffness to it. Yeah. She's a very new artist. She's been trying to make her mark in the music scene since only 2013, so... It's just only really been around for like six or so years. 2019 saw her really gaining in popularity with not only the release of her debut album this past June, 
but also a near-immediate sophomore release this month with Turn Off the Light. Mm -hmm. This is a year after she released an EP of the same name with half the songs, so most of the work was arguably done already? The whole thing includes more instrumental tracks, and those have even creepier tones and sound effects. Those really sound Halloween-y. Huh. Weenie. There are lots of synths, and it feels like they've been taken out of horror movies from the 70s and 80s. Again, I'm just really into synth right now, guys. I appreciate that she is basically a straight-up pop artist, but she's introducing some darker shit. Yeah. Because not you don't see Ariana Grande doing that. Yeah, I mean, she is a pop artist who's like, I'm going to release an entire Halloween album. Yeah. So here you go. Much like I was saying, people are going to start doing with Halloween yeah. just like they do it with Christmas. Everyone's yeah. going to start doing that shit. But this At least she did it first. <laughs> yeah. She gets she gets some she gets some street cred with this. Yeah. And she cites influences like the Halloween franchise though. Again, inspired by John Carpenter. Including Rob Zombie? No, I think the John Carpenter one. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I mean, no, I mean, it's I don't think Rob Zombie Rob Zombie went Rob Zombie with Halloween. He didn't go synth with Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that checks. She was even mentioning Britney Spears' album Blackout as an inspiration for this. It's from 2007. I don't know Britney's discography enough, so whatever. no idea. But lyrically, it's themes around dark relationships and acknowledging one's mortality, which, I mean, like, that shit could be unsettling on its own. But in this album, she kind of turns them into horror stories of just, like, either being obsessed with someone or someone breaking her heart. And making it really eerie and creepy and, like, a lot of dealing with, like, what happens to you after you die shit. Huh. So she actually has some fairly deep subject matter. Yeah. But then she turns them into, like, spoopy little tales. The whole album is horror-themed and it'll fit any Halloween shindig. But I picked this title track because it features the guest monologue from the ghoul queen herself, Elvira. How is she still around? And looks the way she looks. Plastic surgery. Yeah. But also good jeans. Good it tits. Bo- it can be both. It's good tits. That's plastic surgery. Yeah, it's good tits. If you look at orally pictures of Elvira, her tits weren't that big. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but, like, if this doesn't make you legit, I don't really know what does in the Halloween world. If Elvira's going to give her the thumbs up, all right. I'll yeah. It. But at the same time, Elvira will do a lot of things if you pay her to do them. Touche. A lot of professional film and music stuff, I should say. If you pay her, she'll do it. Yeah. But Which I don't blame her. Take, yeah, right. At least she doesn't take herself too seriously throughout it. Right. She just does her thing and she's like, you gonna pay me? Great. You're going to pay me to be me? Perfect. Yeah. That's pretty much what they do now. She made it. Yeah. She like, yeah, we'll do anything, but she still does it on her own terms. Yeah. Good for you, Elvira. I do have respect for her. Proud of you. Proud of you. Proud of you. You did it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, moving on to my next choice. Sounds a little oh, weird. Oh, my God. I want to know what's going on here. But this is Diddy Doo-Wop, I Hear Voices by Hall & Oates. What is the deal with this? What is the deal it. with this? I love it. Okay. Surprisingly, I think this is the first time Hall & Oates has landed on one of our playlist episodes, which huh. is weird. That we've is been, weird. We've been doing this for like two years, and Hall- we haven't talked about Hall & Oates very much at all. Oh, we did once. Breakup. In the breakups. In okay. The breakups. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You know I what? am We're wrong. Fine. We're fine. I'm wrong. And what better song to be... Okay, now the second... Then what about an axe murderer set to a Motown beat? Yeah. Yeah. What is going on here? (laughs) The song took its inspiration from David Berkowitz, better known as Son of Sam, who terrorized New York City in 1976. That makes sense. He stalked and murdered six people and wounded seven others. 
leading the police on the biggest manhunt in the city's history. After he was caught, he said he was obeying the orders of a demon that manifested itself in the form of his neighbor's dog that he called Sam. Turns out this was all bullshit and he wasn't hearing voices that told him to kill at all. Oh my god. Daryl Hall was inspired to write the song after hearing that the Hall and Oates song Rich Girl had an influence on David Berkowitz. So he tossed around the idea of writing a song about a serial killer that hears doo-wop voices in his head that force him to go and kill. And what this the is actual fuck, Daryl Hall. <laughs> and this is the song that came out of it. What the actual fuck, Daryl Hall? How ridiculous is that? I love it. I fucking love Daryl Hall. Oh my god. Wow, they really took the piss out of this one. They really did. Wow. And it's, it is a wow. good song. It is a good song, and it's it's boppy. Oh, I mean, it's called Diddy Doo Wop. Exactly. That makes it a bop. But it's boppy in that like classic Halloween song kind of way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Monster Mash or something oh. like that. <laughs> it is very Monster Mashy. Right? Yeah. Which is why I fucking love it, because it's fucking ridiculous. And oh it's Hall & Oates, and you don't expect a Hall & Oates to write a song about an axe murderer. All right, that's fair. You don't. You don't. I love this. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And wow. now you know. Did he do up? I'm, I have no words. This is weird. Did I just, like, frazzle your brain to a point where you can't go on? <laughs> like, kind of. I think... I think I need to take a break. It's so unexpected. I think we need to take a break. We should take a break. We're going to be right back. <laughs> I need to like really process this. I need to reset Maggie. Yes. Push the reset button. Let's let's get the uh the that pen and stick it in that like all too entirely yeah. hot, small hole um, and I'll, we'll reset it. I'll blow in your game cartridge. That sounds really it sexual. Sounds bad. It does. I'm sorry. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. We'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. Hi. I got put back together. I think I'm all right now. <laughs> Figured it out. You're okay with this. You've I'm come okay to terms with this with now. I've come to terms. Now I'm ready to continue on with our playlist with my third pick. Which is a song by the band called No More Kings. They're coming to get you, Barbara. She starts running. There's an old house that she can hide in. She makes it inside, but then they're right behind her. Oh, moving so slow. And they're coming to get you, Barbara. This, this sounds like the Decemberists. <laughs> oh my god, this is my Decemberist pick it without is. it being the Decemberists. Yeah, good one to start all... off our second half of our podcast. Oh, there you go. I didn't even think of that. Look at that. <laughs> Look at us. No More Kings is a quirky little indie band that basically makes all their songs out of some kind of pop culture reference. Mm -hmm. It's really cute, actually. Even their name is from the Schoolhouse Rock episode about the pilgrims leaving England to find their independence. Oh. Yeah, so it's all just this. Is that why their album covers kind of look like Schoolhouse that's, Rock? Yes, that's exactly oh. why their album covers look like Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. Yeah, because they're just like, good, oh, for, good for them. This is our brand. We're doing it. Cool. This song is off their third and thus far latest album. They are, sound like they're a band that's like got together, broke up, then got back together and just haven't really done anything. They're like the most annoying couple you know in your friend group. Yeah. And you're like, are you going to stay together or are you going to break up? Like, I just need to know for like parties and holidays and Yeah, stuff. I need to know who I can invite to what. Right? Yeah. Whose side am I taking in yeah. this? And while they do actually have a few zombie-based songs on this new album, well, newer album, latest album, it's not new at all. Um. Yeah, and I mean, this came out in 2013, and that was kind of at the height of our zombie infatuation, I would say. Oh, like when Walking Dead was actually kind of good? I would argue this is when it started to be not so great. I mean, it was always not so great, but there was always a kernel of, it's okay in it. All right, all right, it was still okay yeah. at this point. But this one was the one that I was drawn to the most, and it's probably because it's a 
basic, you know, play-by-play retelling of the classic movie, The Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And I mean, who doesn't love that scene? They're coming to get you, Barbara. (laughs) It really only focuses on the character of Barbara, who you think is going to be the main character, and then she totally isn't. (laughs) Nice old switcheroo they got. Old switcheroo, you're like, oh, this isn't the main character. They sing about her visiting her mother's grave with her brother, and then the chorus is centered around that classic, they're coming to get you, Barbara, line. Mm -hmm. And uh, the whole song follows her arc throughout the film. But it's done in this lighthearted, carefree tone that completely contradicts the absolute terror that Barbara is trying to escape. Barbara really plays that stereotypical, scared woman who just screams all the time. Oh. Have you seen The Night of the Living Dead? I have not. Really? Yeah, I haven't. Oh. Well, she witnesses her brother getting consumed. She tries to find safety in a house, but ultimately succumbs to the horde. I'd apologizing for spoiling this, but dude, it's it's it's, it's over this, fifty years yeah, old. Yeah, at this point, it's if not you a spoiler. haven't seen it, that's your own fault. Yeah, but I know like what happens in it to yeah. a point where like I probably don't need to see it. I would actually still suggest seeing it. Yeah, it is a good. It's a very well done movie. It's well shot. It is. I mean, it's George George Romero. So right. like, it's gonna be good. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, and it's not that long. And even though you know what happens, there are little, like, plot twists along the way that you're kind of like, oh, shit. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. So I would suggest watching it. I mean, now's the time. Yeah. Ooh, what is on Netflix? I doubt it. Amazon? Oh, Ooh. probably. Yeah, I'm sure it's on Amazon, but, but you might have to pay, to pay for, for it. it. Not you, can, you can rent it for, like, two bucks. It's not bad. I guess. Don't have to buy it. But it's it's a fun, good, quirky little song. Especially I like it because it's so subtle and you don't realize it. Like, you just kind of listen to it like, oh, this is cute. Oh, uh, wait, what? Oh, oh, they're, they're zombies. <laughs> and honestly, I feel like if you don't even know the story of The Night of the Living Dead, you hear this, you're still going to be like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And I kind of like the subtlety in that. Wait, who is Barbara and who is coming to get her? It's the zombies. <laughs> it's the zombies. The living dead. Not the band. But zombies. Actual zombies. Actual zombies. Not zombies. <laughs> zombies. <laughs> zombies are just like people who are hardcore into Zumba. Oh, I, I meant like really fast. The really fast zombies are called zombies. But it sounds like people who are really into Zumba. Yeah, it's just middle-aged women really into Zumba. Yeah. <laughs> zombies. Woof. Anyway. Anyway. So I'm going to continue my true crime uh, assault here. Yes. And with my next pick, which is Westfall by Ockerville River. There's another little soft-spoken ditty about death, <laughs> and murder, and terror. Another indie ditty about death, murder, and terror. Indie ditty. Indie ditty. This is a ballad from Ockerville River's album Don't Fall in Love with Everyone You See, released in 2002. Easier said than done, Ockerville River. No, you don't know me. Right? I'm a lover. <laughs> tell me what to do. That's what I do, man. <laughs> Westfall stands out not only because the mandolin is featured prominently and because it's a really good song, but the lyrics are from a teenage boy's point of view and describe how he murdered a girl in the woods. What? Lead singer Will Sheff was inspired to write the song by the yogurt shop murders, which happened in his hometown of Austin, Texas. One night in December 1991, Eliza Thomas and Jennifer Harbison, two 17-year-olds that worked at the shop, we're getting ready to close up for the evening around 10 p.m. Jennifer's 15-year-old sister, Sarah, and their 13-year-old friend, Amy, were also at the shop, waiting for the girls to finish up so they could all have a sleepover afterwards. Giggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at some point when they were closing up, a man entered the shop in what was supposed to be a robbery. But the thief forced the girls into a back storage room, forced them to undress, Ugh. tied them up, and shot each of them in the head. What the fuck? Then he doused paper products and the girls in flammable liquid and set the shop and the girls on fire. 
The flames were intense and it took a huge amount of water to put the fire out, which meant most of the evidence was destroyed. So the case went cold for years. Then in 1999, police arrested four young men that they suspected committed the crimes. One of the men was convicted and sentenced to life, and the other was convicted and sentenced to 99 years. The other two just kind of got off. Why did they get them, though? I don't know. I didn't look into it that hard. (laughs) This is, you're right, this is not a true crime podcast, but still, still, I'm very curious. Yeah. Ten years later, their convictions were overturned when crime scene DNA found to not match any of the suspects arrested in 1999. And Will Chef's lyrics vary from the story surprisingly quite a bit, but it still describes two teenage boys that kill a teenage girl named Lori. The lines, they're looking for evil, thinking they can trace it, but evil don't look like anything, relate directly to when he and his co-workers watched the suspects on TV when they were arrested. His co-workers insisted they could see evil in the kids' faces, but he thought they just looked normal. So hmm. evil doesn't look... It, evil looks normal. Ooh. That's deep. Yeah. It's a pretty... It's a deep song. Also, it picks up. <laughs> it does pick up, and you can dance to it a little bit at the end. But... Ooh, a little... A little dance. fingers up. Dance to it. Yeah. Do yeah, it. Yeah. And sing along to it a little bit. But yeah, it's a morbid fucking song. Yeah, these are fucked up stories, dude. <laughs> hey. It's Halloween. Now or never. Now or never. Now you or right. never. You're right, girl. You're right. But now I want to look into that story more. There's got to be a podcast about it. Oh, there's tons. I've definitely heard at least a couple of po- uh, different podcasts do episodes on it. All right. I'm going to look those up. Yeah. Put that in my back pocket for later. Also, the shop that they worked at was called I Can't Believe It's Yogurt. And I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh every time Why? I see that. Why would you? <laughs> I can't believe it's yogurt. I mean, I guess I get it because it's frozen yogurt, but still. But isn't that the, the is that like the Midwestern version of TCBY? Probably. Or like the shop that tried to rival TCBY, but Probably. TCBY was just like, bitch, nah. We TCBY though. And yeah. now at this point I'm like, I hate all frozen yogurt, so it's not if I'm gonna get ice cream, I'm just gonna get fucking ice cream. If I'm gonna go to a shop like TCBY, I'm gonna go to sixteen handles because it's way better and I can put all the fucking toppings on it. It's gonna cost me twenty five dollars, but it's gonna be fucking delicious. I don't need toppings. Just give me really good ice cream. I'm just gonna go to Stewart's. Yeah, just go to Stewart's. Just go to Stewart's. Stewart's. If you don't have a Stewart's, I'm sorry. Sucks to be you, but they have really good ice cream. Moved to upstate New York. There you go. Well, for my next pick, I am going with a great band called Queens of the Stone Age and their song Head Like a Haunted House. I kind of covered every genre of music. Or not every, but I covered a lot of genres of music. Yeah. And I, that's usually my goal with playlist episodes. But also Queens of the Stone Age is always a very good go-to. Really? For anything. Really? They're a fucking great band. We will do an episode on them eventually. Yeah. Also, let shit. it be known now that he's pronounces his name Josh Hami. Yeah. Not Ham or Ohm. Or anything like that. It's Hami. Okay. I mean, I knew that. I know. I know you knew that. I know you didn't know that. Or I know you knew that. that. A lot of other people don't know that. Also, let it be known, Josh Hami can get it. He's a hot ginger. Oh my god. He is a tall drink of ginger beer. He'd be my. I mean, what would he be like? A B-list celebrity. Would he be an A-list celebrity? Probably a B-list celebrity. I, can you apply that to people that are not actors? I don't know. I thought musicians could be. I mean, musicians are celebrities. But I thought... Either way, hall pass. I thought the list... Throwing on, that out there. I thought the list only applied to actors. I don't know. He, he is an A-list musician. He is. And either way... He can get it. 
And I'd put him on my hall pass. I'd give it to him. Oh, it's fine. Here, this is yours. He can get it. Here you go. I will give it to him. Josh Homme, this is yours. <laughs> wow. All right. So actually about the song itself. It's a lesser known single off their latest release, 2017's Villains, which is a fantastic album. Listen to it. Right off the bat, you can hear this old school punk sound in the stylings of the Cramps or the Dead Kennedys, mm-hmm. both known for their off kilter atmosphere. Cramps are a good Halloween band, too. They really are, though. And even Dead Kennedys, to an extent, because all of their songs kind of have this really eerie sense to them. And it's a lot dark. of their subject matter is really dark. It's yeah. It's dark. I was surprised to discover, though, that they brought in Mark Ronson to produce this album. What? Yup. <laughs> yup. Oh, just wait. They really enjoyed his work with Bruno Mars on Uptown Funk and believed he could bring some fun into their newest work. Okay. Josh Homme was apparently really into dancing at the time. Cool. That's fine. Right? And it really, but like all of this really shows in Head Like a Haunted House. The song is all over the place, but it doesn't sound messy. It's actually really controlled. Off of the track itself, lead singer Josh Homme said, quote, Ronson was adamant that things need to go pow, pop, bzzzt. Those are the noises. Exactly like that. That's that's how I'm saying them. I'm sorry, but that makes it seem like Mark Ronson is a completely inept musician. Or that he's a robot. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to make that sound that goes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that, you know, can you do that with your drums? I would highly question his credibility. Well, they did it because the quote continues. They need to leap around in this song. And I thought, oh, that's just wonderful. He wanted to make things seem like they were in front of you and behind you and all around you, which I thought was a brilliant idea because that's just so us. So Josh Homme was all on board with this. I'm glad Josh Homme understood what he was talking right, about. Right, because like this sounds like I an, don't. This is an idiotic comment. But when you listen to the song, you're like, I see what you're saying now. You yeah. have to see the finished result in order to understand what the fuck they're talking about. I guess Mark Ronson just isn't good with words. He's good with music. I guess. He is a good producer. Like, for what it is worth, he did Valerie with Amy Winehouse. Yeah, he Before did. Before it was super played out, I did like Uptown Funk. Like, he knows do, how I to like make he knows how to make a solid song. Yeah. So that's probably why Villains to me it seems it's very tight. It's a tight album. Yeah. Tight butthole. And he he put out his own album a few years ago with not even I think it was like a year or two ago. I thought it was longer than that, but Maybe like he did that one song Daffodils. Daffodils is a really good song. Oh, and I he had another one it. on it that was really good too. Um, but yeah, I mean it was good. Yeah. He, he does know what he's doing if he doesn't know how to vocalize it very much. Yeah. I guess that's why he's not a lyricist. That's why he, that's why he produces. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's he how produces, it works. He doesn't sing. It's fine. <laughs> but overall, this is a solid track for any Halloween party with its spooky elements and its ominous guitar and bass. But where they really seem to go ham is with the music video directed by the one and only Liam, Liam Lynch. Lynch. Our fave. Oh, God, I love that man. Go look at this video. It's animated and stars the band members encountering different horror imagery, from skeletons to UFO to a green hand that follows them around, constantly giving them the middle finger. <laughs> it's a really delightful video. It's so much fun. And it, has, it makes you really just love everything that's going on. It has Liam Lynch's uh, sense of humor all it over it. It has that certain Liam Lynch je ne sais quoi. Yeah. It does, though. That itty-bitty ting. It, the itty-bitty Liam Lynch ting. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got, it's got a smack all over it. Well, I guess now it's time for our last picks. It is time for our last picks. We are at the end. And mine, so. mine's a, a foot-stomping little ditty. Foot-stomping. Foot-stomping little Stop ditty. Stomp feet. It's called Skinned by Blind Melon. Blind Melon? They did more than No Rain? They did. What? A lot more. <laughs> I'll make a shoehorn out of your shin. I'll make a lampshade of durable skin. No, don't you know that I'm always feeling able when I'm sitting home and I'm carving out your navel. I'm just a sitting here carving out your navel. When will I realize that this skin I'm in, hey, it is in my hands. It's got kazoos. It's got, you know what it's got? Kazoos. kazoos it's got kazoos 
don't be fooled. This fun and upbeat ditty is actually about notorious killer and human furniture maker Ed Gein. Oh, oh, you don't say. You don't say. I mean, the lyrics are a little... A little on the nose? A little on the nose there. If you don't know who Ed Gein is, he is misappropriated as a serial killer when he was actually only convicted of killing one person. But just because you're only convicted doesn't mean you're not a serial killer? He confessed to killing two people. But I don't think he was... He wasn't a serial killer. His bag was grave robbing. Yeah, he was just fucked in general. He was fucked up, but, like, grave robbing was his thing. Was he the one who had, like, boxes of vaginas? Yes. Okay. Yes, he did. He would go to cemeteries at night and dig up bodies, which he would use to make furniture, lamps, ashtrays, utensils, and whatever. Whatever you needed. So whatever you needed. He was a regular home goods guy. More like bone goods, am I right? (laughs) 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 But I would shop there. (laughs) It's like legit like home decor. But it's all made out of bones. Yeah. I'm here for that. (laughs) Blind Melon's tribute to the man came about when they were writing songs for their album Soup, released in 1995. They were experimenting with different instruments like banjos and kazoos and, you know, shit like that. Yeah. It also really works for the subject matter, I feel like. Yeah. And the guitarist wrote the music to Skin just for fun, and it's a pretty upbeat and fun kind of song. But lead singer Shannon Hoon had just read a book on serial killers and decided to write the song about Ed Gein to give it that ironic, dichotomous nature. It it works. Yeah. It works. He did a good job. Yeah. That's That's pretty much it. It's a fucked up song, but it's so fun that I, like, can't stop listening to it. It makes me think of just, like, all of the... Moments in movie and film and TV where they've referenced Ed Gein, like from Buffalo Bill to uh, that one fucking guy in American Horror Story season two, played by uh, what's his face, New Spock. He was in Heroes. Uh, uh, Siler uh, in Heroes. Uh, what is his name? Fuck. Hold on. What is it? It doesn't matter. The point is. It just reminds me of that scene, like, listening to that song reminds me of the scene in American Horror Story in season two, where she comes to his apartment, and she notices, like, a nipple in the... In the lampshade. In the lampshade, <laughs> and, like, looks at the bowl with, like, the candy or whatever. It's definitely a skull head, and she's like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. This just reminds me of that. Like, I feel like I'm sitting in an apartment, <laughs> someone's apartment, and I realize, oh, I fucked up. Yeah. I know what's going to happen. Now. I, I see that might be here. one of my biggest fears, walking into somebody's home and discovering that everything's made out of human. Or just noticing like big red flags that yeah. you shouldn't be I mean, be I there. guess it could be red flags. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer's house was the same. He had a bunch of shit made out of skulls and just a fridge filled with human body parts. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. It is fucked up. Also fucked up is that Shannon Hoon died for or eight weeks after this album was released. Really? Yep. Oh, that's too bad. It's very sad. Oh. I would love to do an episode on Blind Melon. Well, someday. I'll listen to it. He was also friends with Axl Rose. They grew up together. That's weird. Very weird. Does it make sense? Like, their families were friends. Huh. Very odd. That is a weird... Very odd. Love to be a fly on the wall on that one. Yep. Until Blind Melon, we'll have to wait. <laughs> but I'm going to finish up this playlist... With a nice classic, perfect kind of tune for the spoopy month of October. Oh, yeah. This is like Queen of Halloween. Yeah. Queen Halloween. Yes. It's Susie and the Banshees. Halloween. trick-or-treat in the song yeah this is a halloween song it very much is i mean it is called halloween but this is your (laughs) halloween song motherfuckers (laughs) i wanted to bookend my choices with two artists whose discography serves as a pretty choice halloween soundtrack all around Susie sue definitely fills that in spades she's a subtle and mysterious woman her music with the banshees is just really what you need to get yourself ready for goth night Of course I went with the song Halloween for obvious reasons. 
It's off their fourth studio album, Juju, which you may remember us discussing in episode 62. Saw them returning to more of a guitar sound and dropping that really electronica sound from their last album before this. Yes. I mean, because you did listen to our Suzy Sue episode, right? You didn't. It was a really good one. It was a really good one. It pays off in giving them that nice, dark, classic post-punk sound. It's a bit of a concept album in that they were drawn on darker themes and made more intense with the guitar effects and intricate percussion work. They ended up giving people exactly what they didn't know they wanted with singles like Spellbound and Arabian Nights, which also work great for Halloween jams. I mean, overall, Juju is a great Halloween album. I yeah. mean, Suzy Sue is overall you great You should for put Halloween. Spellbound on all of your Halloween playlists. Yeah. And like Spellbound and Arabian Nights were just these like surprise pop hits, too. Mm-hmm. Nobody expected that at all. But yeah, I mean, Suzy Sue, she's classic. Classic for Halloween. Suzy Sue for president. Classic, classic. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a good way to put a nice bow on our little Halloween playlist there. I think it was a pretty good playlist. I think it was a pretty solid playlist. Yours um definitely made me want to go look up some true crime stories. Yeah, it's that time of year, guys. I mean, I think... it's always that time of year for me. But... Yeah, and we are, we're always listening to true crime. But sometimes I also feel like as I get older, I'm like slightly a little bit more like, mm, this is creepy. I'm going to walk away for a minute. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. But Halloween will always be good until Disney takes it over. Fuck Disney. Which apparently will happen soon. I'm convinced. She's she's calling it, guys. Disney's going to take over Halloween. Kind of like how Hallmark took over all of our other holidays. I guess Hallmark did kind of take over Halloween, too, in that sense. With Certainly cards. took over Christmas. Oh, yeah. Those fucking stupid Hallmark ornaments. Oh, and the stupid pay outrageous- the fucking movies. Oh, the yeah. The fucking movies. There's got to be Hallmark movies for Halloween. Oh, I'm sure. But they're all, like, cute and probably have, like, animals as the star or something like that. Which I'm okay with for now. Airbud Halloween. They're just voiced by Mandy Moore. All <laughs> oh, of them are everything. voiced by Mandy Moore. Everything's voiced by Mandy Moore. It's <laughs> like, hi, guys. It's Mandy Moore. I'm a cat. Meow. It's Halloween. Meow. Meow. Remember when I did that song, Candy? It was great. (laughs) Was it? No. 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 Nope. And that's all we're talking about. We're talking about Halloween. Fuck Mandy Moore. Fuck this stuff. Actually, I'm (laughs) fine with Mandy Moore. She's probably a lovely person. I never liked her. She's fine, fine. Never liked her. This has nothing to do with anything. Thank you for listening. We got really irreverent, which (laughs) definitely means we're done and we're trailing off into nothingness. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening and being our friends in your listens. And hopefully we introduced you to maybe some new artists. Yeah. Some at least really interesting true crime stories. Right. And we got this out in time for you to make a sweet playlist for Halloween this year or next year. Yeah. Or even Day of the Dead is Friday, guys. Like, why are we not celebrating that too? Let's fucking go balls out. Well, in five years when Halloween becomes too much of a commercialized uh, a holiday for us to deal with. We can start celebrating Day of the Dead. All right, I'll look. If we're to allowed to do that, I don't know. I don't know. We're we really, might actually. Not we're be really white. Yeah, I don't know I don't if we can do that. that. <laughs> uh, so if you like what you're listening to, <laughs> why don't you go head over to our website www.rockcandypodcast.com, and there you will find our episodes. You can comment on them. You can toss us an email, and you also will get the links to all of our social medias. We got Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram post funny things, talk to you, whatever you guys want. You can send us suggestions, send us, you know, compliments are nice. You can also, I guess, like, criticize us. We've gotten those in emails, too. Uh, yeah, we have we have tough, tough, thick skin now, I guess. Do we? No, but I'm trying. We are trying. We're God-smacking it. Just know we're going to sure. mercilessly make fun of you. Yeah, behind your back. <laughs> behind your back. Yeah, like not on the show. You'll never hear it, but we are making fun of you <laughs> a lot. And if you are digging what we are putting out and you love music, please visit our network, PantheonPodcast.com. And right there, there are so many podcasts from an array of different human beings, an array of different subjects all in the world of music. And they've got something for everybody, so please check them out. That would be great. Indeed. And you can also hit us up on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast, and you can sign up to be a patron, and we will give you cool shit. And a bonus episode. And a bonus episode every month. Yeah. And some sweet swag and all that shit. 
So go and do it. And speaking of Patreon, <laughs> we would like to shout out our newest patron, Chris. Hi. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> Thank you, Chris, so much. We Woo-hoo. love you and you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to take you down. down. <laughs> Get your karate kid in there. <laughs> Maybe some crane pose. I don't know. Do what you gotta do, man. But thank you so much. We appreciate you more than you can imagine. And thank you to everyone who gives. Mm-hmm. Because you are helping us out a bunch. Like a lot. Sincerely. For real. And so next week, no more spoops. We're just gonna go back to our same old, same old. More tales and stories from the world of music. Indeed. But we still got our drunk hot takes. And I guess that's all that really matters. That's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. So thank you guys again for listening. And until next week, party on, Ashley. Party on. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Balls out. Happy Halloweener. Quinto! Zachary Quinto! Zachary Quinto! God damn it! (laughs)